Yeah, I asked her to share that because that's what Acts is all about. And, you know, you, some of you, if you're not here on Wednesday nights, but sometimes we're praying for the church to have divine appointments set up. And so sometimes those things happen. People will just show up at your door <laughs> or people will just come across your path and you know they're hurting and they need help. They need help. There's a lot of hurting people, but they know how to put a mask on. They know how to let you know they're not hurting when, you know, they could get set free. They could get healed. They could get delivered. And that's what we're being trained to do. That's what we're being trained to do. And that's what the book of Acts is all about. And, and I'll just tell you my situation yesterday. Not any glory for me, but it's just I think it's amazing. You know, um, I had someone come to me yesterday that, you know, has, I prayed for them before. And they were, they were healed and they, the pain, they were having a hard time walking and they were part of the party, the wedding party. And so, uh, and so they asked me to pray and, uh, so we stood and did that. So then pretty soon, another lady came to me. She says, I know you put, laid hands on and prayed for that person, and, and they're much better. Could you pray for me? I have this and this going on. I said, okay, I didn't know this lady or nothing. And then before I knew it, I was just standing there. All I wanted to do was go over my notes, you know. And so I was just standing there, and pretty soon, another lady came to me. I saw you praying for that lady. Would you pray for me too? <laughs> so there was, there was three ladies like that. I don't know if there was more. Another one was watching and paying attention to everything that was going on. But I just think that's awesome. It has nothing to do with me, but that's God setting up those divine appointments, bringing, and you know, as far as I know, they were all healed or there was a word of knowledge for all of them that they, you know, what was going on with them and that one lady had had surgery, and so I picked that up in the spirit, and I said to her, I said, that that healing or that surgery you had isn't healed yet, is it? And she looked at me, and <laughs> she said, uh, no, it's supposed to take a year. I said, well, it doesn't have to take a year. I said, God can do that just right now. And so anyway, it was just it was just fun. I call those fun times, you know, when God sets those things up, and you don't even know what's going on, you know? But you just be obedient to do what he tells you to do, when it happens. And so, so that's, that I think we should all expect as a body, we should all expect to see more and more and more of that and not be, uh, inhibited when it comes to where we're at and what we're doing. You know, we can, we can have somebody ask us for prayer in Walmart and you can answer this on the inside of you. Would you minister Walmart? Would you minister prayer to them at Walmart? Or would you feel like you had to take them somewhere? You know, you should be able to do it right there in Walmart, you know, do it right there in Walmart. You know, there's a gospel. Let's see. Um, let me see if I can find it. I have it down in my notes, but then I got lots of notes. So I think it's um, Romans. Just a minute. Let me see. And this is um, just like the Lord. We're doing this his way today. Okay. Yeah, I do have it. Romans one sixteen. I remembered Romans one sixteen. if you want to turn there. And, and, um, or if you're in the grocery store, it doesn't matter where you are and somebody knows that you, knows about you or like, like, um, Kim was just talking. She, the lady come to the door and she kept hearing all these needs. Hey, doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, I've done that. I've done that with a, um, a guy at, um, he was working on putting a windshield wiper on my car and he'd come out and he's saying, I can't hardly lift my arm. I can't this and I can't that. I said, well, would you like me to pray for you? No, it's okay. <laughs> but you do what you can. You know, do what you can. He might have said yes, 
I'm, if he if he would have said yes, I'm I'm sure that the Lord would have touched that area. But but you know if they're not willing, we just have to move on. Okay, Romans one sixteen, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We we should not ever be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. So if you were ashamed of ministering the gospel, you know what? Shame, being ashamed, it won't come to you. The power won't come to you if you're ashamed. If you're ashamed of speaking in tongues, it won't come to you. Does that make sense? If you're ashamed, it won't come to you. That's why the the church, you know, um, when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit and there's that boldness that can come upon us, we need to be bold with the gospel of Jesus Christ and not be ashamed. Because you can't expect the power of God to manifest in your life if you're ashamed of it. Does that make sense, doesn't it? You can't expect it to manifest if you're ashamed of it. doesn't make any difference. doesn't matter where you are. You could be on top of Pike's Peak and you see someone limping around. Pray for him. doesn't matter where you are. God's power is the same everywhere you are. You just, you're just being obedient to do it. And when you're, when you obey him, then, then those things will manifest as you'll see in Acts when we get to that. So I wish, I wanted you to, I wanted you to see that how, um, being ashamed of the gospel. And you know, every time I hear that scripture verse, I think of Carmen singing, you know, how many of you remember Carmen when you young people wouldn't, but he had to beat with that song. No way. I'm not ashamed of the gospel in Jesus name. You know, anyway, I can hear Carmen singing that, but he's not here today. So <clears throat> anyway, I'm going to go back to the first chapter of Acts. We're not going to spend a lot of time, but I wanted to give you a um, summary, a quick summary. And um, um, we are going to get into some new ones if we if we have enough time. But Acts 1, and most of you probably could tell me about Acts 1 because we've talked about it enough. But the thing that I wanted everybody to see in, in studying and looking at Acts is that um, how the Holy Spirit helps us when we have the Holy Spirit, how he helps us, how he transforms us, how he works with us and gets us into a place where or get, gets us into our calling. He is a big help. That's what he's called. He's a helper and he's our helper. Amen. Okay, so. Everything you see in, in, in the book of Acts, everything you see, everything you see, you can do. Every, everything, you know, those, um, the apostles, they were, they were just like you and me. The disciples are like you and me. And what they did, we do. What Jesus did, we do, right? What, what Jesus did, we do. We have no excuse. Yeah, that's right. That's what he said. Okay. Chapter, um, chapter one in Acts. Um, Jesus was encouraging the disciples that he, he said, I have to go, but wait. I want you to wait for the promise that was to come. And so in, 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 at the end of each one of these books, I kind of did a little, uh, is synopsis the right word? Uh, yeah. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> I always look to Jeff because I know he knows. I, I always did a little syn- synopsis of everything. If you want to take that that book and you put it in a in a short one sentence, you can kind of know what that book is all about. And what I did this time is that we will become his witnesses. We will become his witnesses. That was the direction that Jesus 
was getting the disciples to go. He said, I want you to go and tarry and wait for this because it will be the power that you need to be my witness. Okay? And besides, the Holy Spirit came to do more than that. But anyway, so that the first chapter of, of, of Acts was um, Jesus encouraged the disciples to wait, and um, they were transformed from being led out of the mind and in, in being led by the Spirit. So you remember we talked about that in the in the first book. They they were trying to do mindful things, trying to pick the next person that would take the place of Judas that hung himself. They were trying to do that with their mind. And you will see the transformation that happened in Acts chapter 2 where they started being led by the Spirit and being prompted by the Spirit in their decisions. Okay? Okay, chapter 2. Disciples were all together in one place, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Okay? And so the synopsis that I have on Acts 2 was we speak the word in boldness. So you can look at, let's see, verse, um, let's see, verse 14. It's probably the quickest one, you know, that we can see. They were all filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in tongues, and they explained that. And then verse 14, but Peter taking his stand with the eleven raised his voice and declared to them, men of Judah and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For basically he was speaking in boldness that they they were not drunk with wine. This is this is the new thing that had come, the promise that God had brought. And then he, he recited Joel. Um, then in verse 42, um, yeah, verse 42. See, we're not we're not going to go over a lot of this. If you can you can read it again if you want to. Verse 42. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. And to prayer. That's important. That's important as a believer. The fellowship, the word, the breaking of bread, and the prayer. That was important that they spent time. And you're going to see, well, it goes on in verse 43, and everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. <clears throat> Why was that taken? Why were those signs and wonders taking place? Well, the Holy Spirit, but they were taking time to spend time with, with the Father. They were praying. They were fellowshipping. You know, I can, I don't know how many times I've said that up here in the last month and, and how important that is for the body of Christ to be doing that. If you want to see the miracles and the signs and the wonders happen, you have to spend time praying, seeking the Lord, being in fellowship with Him and also in the fellowship with the church. How many of you have ever experienced when you're not in when you when you miss a Sunday? <laughs> when I miss a Sunday, I'm going something's wrong. <laughs> you know something's wrong. Not that I'm not here, but I just know it's not the same. My family, this family, is not with me. You know, we become like uh, joined or something. However you want to say that, but I I know when I miss a Sunday, it's just. You know, okay, what day are we in the next week? What day is it? What day is it? You know, you just miss out on that fellowship. You miss out on that uh, that um, the worship and the word and the truth that's being shared. And so it's really important that we, we um, spend that time. And I'm not saying you have to be in church um, every minute of every day. I'm saying spend that time in prayer. Get to prayer when there's group prayer. Get to uh, church when there's church. Do what you can that way. I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not looking down my nose at you if you miss a Sunday or two. I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's important that we be in fellowship, that we be in prayer, and that we be seeking the Word of God and, and spending time with Him. I mean, if you look, if you start reading through all of the, the chapters in Acts, they were in one accord. Well, how do you get in one accord? How do you get in one accord? Husbands and wives, <laughs> how do you get in one accord? You get in agreement with each other, right? Again, if there's no agreement, is there any one accord? No. So, so it's really important that, you know, that they were in one accord and they were devoting themselves to prayer and to time and fellowship and spending, spending time with the Lord. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> disciples were changed and they spoke the word in boldness. You'll see that as you look through there, um, more and more. So chapter three. And oh, at the end of chapter 2, you can see, you can see verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day, those who were being saved. Why was the Lord adding? Why was their number being added to day by day, day by day, by day? Because they were spending, they were praising God. Right there, you can see that in verse um, um, 47. They were in, and they were continuing, and verse 46, and day by day continuing with one mind in the temple. So you can see, you can see then, and it was added, being added to, the church was being added to. If you look at, I mean, I'm only, only at chapter 10. How, how many times I've seen where the church has been added to? The church has been added to because they were doing this, because they were fellowshipping together, because they were praying. They were in one accord. And you know, when you're in one accord, the atmosphere changes. The atmosphere changes. Um, you know, some Sundays I will deal with the demonic influences, you know, that hover, that are, come in with people sometimes. I'll deal with them or I'll minister to people that are, are, are um, dealing with things because the atmosphere is, is, is not in a group thing. <laughs> You know, the atmosphere is disjointed. Do you want, maybe I could say it that way. It's not all, not everybody is able to come into a place of being able to believe God. They've got their own hurts and wounds and they've got things going on in their life, but we need to come in in one accord and one faith. And when we do that, things happen. Things happen. Things happen. God moves. Amen. And so you'll see that as we keep going through these. Some of them we've already talked about, but chapter three, okay, um, verse um, verse two or chapter two, um, that synopsis. I think maybe I said already. We can speak the word in boldness. Chapter two, we can speak the word in boldness. Okay, chapter three, Peter and John freely gave to the lame man. Remember, we studied and talked about that begging alms at the gate, beautiful. It was in the name of Jesus that that lame man rose up and walked. In the name of Jesus. See, Peter and John didn't have anything to give him. He was wanting money. He was wanting alms. And Peter says, I have nothing to give you but the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. So he was healed. And that was, and that man, because he was healed, was given everything. He had no life before that, but he was given everything. So Peter freely gave what he had. And that's what we, the church, should do. We should, should be freely giving. Let's look at Matthew uh, 10.8. If you're writing some of these scripture verses down, um, um, you can make a little bit of an outline with them. 
So Jesus is talking here and he says, verse 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. See, when we accept Jesus as Lord, the life of God is resident within us. So we want to pour that life out to whoever we come in contact. Like we said, it's not mine to hang on to. It's I'm a vessel for the Lord to use to pour that life and that healing to them. Amen. Okay. And so, um, so we use the name of Jesus and we've talked about that before the name that's above every name. You use that along with your authority that you've been given. You've been given the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall injure you. And so when Peter uh, prayed for that lame man, he probably dealt with the demonic influence using his authority and the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is above every name. Doesn't matter what it is, but it's above every name. Amen. So verse the synopsis for chapter three is we walk in authority. We walk in authority. The minute you get born again, you have that authority. But not everybody knows they do. So that's why you see a lot of the church let, lets the devil run over them. You know, like we talked about, instead of instead of shooing the sow out of the house, they let the sow in, and then they wonder what's wrong with their life. They wonder why God isn't answering their prayers. You know what I mean? They do. They wonder. Well, I guess I'm not a very, I'm not worthy. I'm not very good. Pretty soon before you know it, their mindset has them over here in the world because God isn't helping me anyway. So I'm just going to go over here in the world and take care of things myself. Instead of letting God, instead of using the authority you've been given and let God into your situation and drive out the demonic influences out of your home. Amen. And so, okay, so chapter four, chapter four then. Uh, Peter and John were recognized as having been with Jesus. That was verse, um, that was verse uh, 13, I believe. Okay, so they had, um, you know, they had run into trouble, Peter and John. They were being bold. Um, They were filled, in verse 8, they were filled with the the Holy Spirit and, and said to them, rulers and elders, I mean, they had boldness coming out every crack in their body. They were just being bold. And, you know, I told you about Caiaphas, you know, how Caiaphas, Peter had been around Caiaphas when Jesus was taken to be tried. And um, so Peter had to come against Caiaphas this time. But this time Peter was bold. He was bold. He wasn't going to be pushed around. He was going to declare the truth of the gospel. And that's what he was about doing there, verse 8. And on down there, and it comes down to verse 13. Um, well, he spoke out in verse 12, and there is no, there is salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which you must be saved. And so now as they observed the confidence of Peter of John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And that's our goal. We're, we should, people should recognize that we have been with Jesus in our actions. What we say, how we act, what we do, people should be able to recognize that we're with, we've been with Jesus, you know. And so, um, you know, a number of years ago, we would always stick, and I was always be be asked, well, "Where did you go to school? Where did you go to school in order to be a pastor? Where did you go to school?" 
Well, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't go to school. We had the help of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that trained us and taught us. There's so many things that, you know, um, I mean, I was just um, ministering to uh, a group of people and um, sharing the Word, and they had asked me to share on authority and on casting out devils. And because they, they didn't know anything about it, but they were full gospel people. They didn't know about that. And so, see, the, the body of Christ has gotten involved in um, some things and gotten away from the basics. You know what I mean? The church is not walking in the power that it's supposed to be walking in. And unless we, unless we, and, and that's why I believe the Lord has me back on the Mark 16, that, that the church should be walking in this power casting out devils and preaching the gospel, laying hands on the sick. I mean, I don't I don't walk into Walmart and see anybody else laying hands on the sick, do you? <laughs> but I think we I think we will. I, I think we should come to that place. You know, the church should be doing that. And and the things like that that happened happened to Kim and things like that that happened to me yesterday. It I mean I mean I would expect the whole line of people, forget the wedding, everybody that needs healing, get over here, you know? You know what I mean? That's what it's going to come to, really. That's what it's going to come to. The church is going to be doing that. And uh, I would have had to holler at Kim, Kim, get over here and help me, will you? <laughs> so, but, but see, that's that's what's going to happen. There's going to be too many for just the, the apostles to deal with. There's going to be too many people with needs with just the, just the prophets to deal with. There's going to be too many people with needs with just the evangelists to deal with. It's going to take the body of Christ ministering to bring, to bring the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and healing to the body of Christ. It's going to take the body of Christ to do that. Oh, sure. You know, our flesh wants to, oh, I'm the only one that can do it. <laughs> That's what our flesh wants to do. I'm the only one. You have to come to me, you know? No. <laughs> That's a bunch of baloney. It is. It's everybody's job. It's everybody's job to preach the gospel. It's everybody's job to lay hands on the sick. That way no one person gets a big head. Amen? No one person gets a big head. It's like um, uh, if you get the big head, God, God can't use you. You really can't. If you, you start... Look into yourself. And that's what's happened to a lot of the revivals that we've had. The, some of them have gotten, I'm the only one that can do it. Or they get off in an area of, of a wrong thinking. Or they think they're Elijah or the, the whatever. They, they just get off in the wrong thinking. And so we just have to know that it, it's everybody's job. And it's not just my job to do it. But right now my job is to tell the body of Christ, whoever he gets in front of me, that you can do this too. You can lay hands on the sick. Amen? Okay, so, um, so uh, let's see. Mm. So the resurrection, you'll see that several times. You'll see that several times. Um, you know, Peter, Peter did it in the second chapter. You'll see it again. Um, quite lengthy and uh, that where they they preached the gospel i think it was um coming up here i think it's stephen you know would start talking about abraham all the way through to jesus he started preaching the gospel trying to justify but they wanted to kill stephen and of course they did end up killing stephen 
But um, anyway, I want you I want you to to see that the gospel, the gospel is um, the resurrection is what makes the gospel come alive. If we didn't have the resurrection, would the gospel be worth anything? Hmm? Huh? We wouldn't be able to lay hands on the sick, would we? We wouldn't be able to cast out devils because Jesus hadn't paid the price. But we have to have that. And so let's go to Acts chapter 5 now. Oh, the, the synopsis for 4 is we, we are recognized as having been with Jesus. We are recognized as having been with Jesus. Okay? If you're writing that down, that's, um, that's number 4, the synopsis. Number five, there's a, there's more to it. We've gone over number five before. Um, with Ananias and Sapphira. And of course, I probably have all of the, the books. I mean, there's just so much in all of it. But, um, um, in chapter, in chapter five, of course, the enemy was, was already trying to do something in the church to get the, the church to fall apart or have a problem with the leadership. But you see, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan, verse 3, filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? So so how would Ananias know that? How would Ananias have known that? The Holy Spirit? Well, the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. The gifts of the Spirit. See, Ananias and Sapphira, they were known and they were respected in the church. They were, they had done, um, they weren't outsiders or enemies. They weren't trying to infiltrate and bring division or anything like that, but they were known in the church. And so if you look back in verse, in chapter four, you see where the church was already trying to help all of the people that had been coming for revival and they were trying to help them and people were selling their land or whatever they had to sell and give, give the money to the, to the apostles so that people would, have their needs met, those that had come from a long distance, and maybe they didn't have food or they didn't have a place to stay. So that was happening. So Ananias and Sapphira wanted to be like the rest. They wanted to sell some of their land and use that to further the gospel. But what happened to them is they got deceived. They got deceived into thinking, okay, well, um, I'm not, we're just going to give, we're just going to do part of it, which is they didn't have to give all of the land. They didn't have to sell all of it. They didn't have to give all the money. But what they did was they lied and said they were, and then they didn't. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. So, so, but verse three, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And, um, so they wanted to, they were competing, wanted to do their job. And, and, um, Satan tempted them. Let's look at James. So you can see we're probably doing a little bit more study on this than we had before. James 1, um, starting with verse 13. James 1, 13. Am I going too fast, Ron? Okay. James 1.13, let no one say, when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Okay? God doesn't tempt anyone. So if you have that, that thinking, God isn't doing the tempting. God doesn't tempt you. God, God's good God. Verse 14, but each one is tempted. This is what happens. Each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. That's what you're tempted by. 
your, your own lust, whatever it is. It can be lust or it can be fear or it can be um, competing with somebody else. Whatever it is, that's the thing that you're tempted by. You're not tempted by God. God doesn't set up an opportunity to tempt you. He doesn't do that. He's a good God. And he has good things for us. Verse 15. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. So I, I'm, I'm not a big, uh, I don't like it when people say, well, I shouldn't say I don't like it. But uh, when people say that God's tempting me to do this, God doesn't tempt you. And he doesn't, he doesn't do the wrong things. He doesn't do things to get you to do the wrong things. Amen. So he doesn't do that. Um, so it's when, when our, um, but each one is tempted when he's carried away, enticed by his own lust. It's your own, own lust. Okay. It's your own lust. It carries you, that tempts you, carries you away. Okay. So that was, um, so then basically they fell into, uh, into sin, which was deception, premeditated, deliberate, intentional plan because of competitive nature. This opened the door to the enemy. And then in verse, um, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. See, they succumbed to the temptation that was there for them. Once once it had been conceived, they, they succumbed to it. And they really didn't think. Anybody was going to know. But you know what? The gift of the Spirit was working with Peter, and Peter knew that they had deceived. They had lied to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Verse chapter 1, verse um, or chapter 10, I'm sorry, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man, and God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. See, God has already given to you everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's made a way of escape. Sometimes escape is just sitting down and praying in your prayer language until you understand what the scheme and tactic of the enemy was. Sometimes the escape is something you already know to do. You maybe open the door of sin, so you need to repent and deal with it. Okay, but God is already, God isn't going to give you something that's going to uh, cause you to be tempted to begin with. And then if the enemy is tempting you, God has already made a way of escape. You can use the name of Jesus that's, that's, that's um, uh, greater than any other name. You, you can use the name of Jesus. You can use all kinds of things that God has given you to walk out of that place of temptation. Everybody understand that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so a lot of people think that, oh, I'm overcome and I can't get out of this. Yes, you can. God has the answer. God has the answer. You need to see, sit down and pray and find out what the answer is if you don't know what to do. Maybe he'll tell you to repent or tell you, hey, you missed it. You're not walking in love with that person. Whatever it is, there's a way out. God has already made a way out through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross. Everything has been nailed to the cross. Everything has been nailed to the cross. Say that. Everything Everything. has been nailed to the cross. It doesn't overpower me. I overpower it. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Amen.
Amen? That should cause hope to rise up. There should be hope there. Amen? It should be hopeful. There's not anything that you're in, entailed in. That's the right word, Jeff. <laughs> There's not anything that you're involved in <laughs> entailed. Like all these big words coming to me. I'm going, Holy Spirit, what are, they, what are we doing here? There shouldn't be anything that's entailed, that you're entailed in, that you can't walk away from. Nothing. Nothing. See, simply because he has already made you free. He's already made you free. Whatever you're dealing with, you're already free from it. Amen? Okay, so um, so basically Ananias and Sapphira, if we go back to Acts there, Acts um, chapter 5. I'm I just I'm just about ready to I've looked at these verses so many times, guys. I'm going, am I ever gonna get past five? But we are. I promise I won't go back over any of this, but I think that some of the stuff coming up is really important to us in the body of Christ, but uh to hear. Ananias and Sapphira, you know, they they could they could have confessed their sin. Peter, Peter, uh, used, he was discerning of the spirits. You know, the gift of discerning of spirits is not just, um, discerning demons. The gift of discerning of spirits is discerning angels. The gift of discerning of spirits is being able to discern the human spirit as well. And that's what, that's what, um, Peter did there. He was able to discern their human spirit and they had been lying. They had conceived and they premeditated it. They planned it ahead of time. So they, they knew what they were doing. Okay. And so, um, do you know all, all liars go to hell? Do you know that? That's why it's so important. Don't lie. Don't lie. All liars go to hell. And as you repent and deal with it. Also, who's the father of lies? The devil is. Okay. If you're writing down that scripture versus John eight forty four. And then, um, okay, we're already over. John eight forty four is the father of lies, and all <coughs> excuse me, all liars go to hell, as Revelation twenty one eight. So that should be an encouragement to not lie. Amen. <laughs> okay, so Peter Peter used the discerning of spirits, and he also used the word of knowledge to know what was going on in that situation. So there was some big things that were happening. But in the church at that point in time, but the enemy, the enemy was trying to bring confusion in the church and stop the growth of the church. But instead, what it did, it caused more growth to come. Amen. Caused more growth to come to the church. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish up chapter five, and then we'll go. We'll start with six, unless the Lord has a different message next week. But. We're, we're plowing our way through this, right guys? Aren't we plowing our way through? Okay, um, so in, in Acts 5 then, you, you go back 5 and 11 through 14, the offenders have been removed. They passed, they died, they were removed, and God's blessing came. God's blessing came. And it's like I was telling you, you know, sometimes, I'm not, I'm not, sometimes when I'm dealing with the demonic influences in a service, I can tell stuff comes in with people and it's a hindrance. Sometimes when that is dealt with and it's commanded to go, the atmosphere becomes freer. 
becomes freer and people are able to believe God. And when faith rises in a service, then a lot of things can happen. Okay. More things can happen because faith, and we'll see that coming into, um, some of these other chapters, signs and wonders were being done. Um, verse 14, more and more were being added, uh, to the church and 15, um, talks about, um, to such an extent, the numbers were being added to such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall in any one of them. It wasn't the shadow. It wasn't the shadow that was bringing the healing. It was the faith of the people was rising up, even to the point where they believed that when the shadow crossed them, they were going to be healed. Amen? Amen. Okay, and so um, verse... Verse uh, verse 32. I mean, we're dealing, I'm skipping here some. Um, they were really getting upset with um, um, Peter because he kept preaching the gospel and they kept being convicted and they were upset because you're trying to bring the blood of Jesus because he died on the cross. You're trying to bring that conviction. And you're trying to, you're trying to, you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Um, but verse 29, but Peter and the apostles answered and said, we must obey God rather than man. And that would be the synopsis for this chapter, chapter five, that the church should obey God rather than man. That's what the Holy Spirit would want us to do or to grow in, that we should obey God rather than man. And so you can see basically, um, that Gamaliel's council, verse 33, where it talks about that. Um, Gamaliel was the one that uh, trained Saul, or Paul, trained Paul, Saul. <laughs> Gamaliel did that. But at the same time, Gamaliel, he was, he was not, he was a liberal to speak, you know, he wasn't really strict with everything. And so that might have been, that might have been some help to Paul. I don't know, but we're going to find out more about Paul coming up in the next few chapters. But um, just so you know, the, the synopsis for chapter five was we must obey God rather than man. And I, I just want you to see all of the things, all of the things that the Holy Spirit, you know, was working with them in, in the book of Acts. He's working with us as a church. He's causing us to be bold. He's causing us to obey God rather than man. He's causing us to learn how to um, discern and, and use the gifts of the Spirit. He's causing us to know that we need to lay hands on the sick and they recover and cast out devils. That's what they were being. They were they were learning. He's causing us to know that we should have a one accord, one heart, um, in 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 what we come together to do. Amen. Amen. Father, I just thank you for your word that is alive and active. I thank you, Father, for your help, for for your um, wisdom and knowledge and instruction that, Father, you take that which is a, um, a, a word that you wanted them to hear and quicken in their hearts, bring it to their remembrance, talk to them and teach them, work with them this week, Father, and even myself, Father, growing and learning more about your gospel, your word, your truth, and what the Holy Spirit has come to do for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.